listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. One o'clock. It is that time of a show where we get in conversation with podcaster, author, speaker, businessman, and we are unpacking. Today we are speaking about the conversation of, um, we're unpacking the conversation of, biz- we, we're looking at networking today. Yeah. Yes, that's the conversation we're going to be speaking about, networking. We had the conversation, we started off with it last week, yeah. and we covered a couple of um, pertinent points last week looking at uh, the understanding of what networking is because a lot of us didn't know what networking is. We thought we yeah. did, but yeah. we did not know what it really was yeah. and how we could really maximize our network. We even had our word of the day last week being practice, and we had commitments in studio to go and put together the follow-ups and stuff like that. Yeah. How did that go? It's going beautifully. I've got a lot of response mm-hmm. from following up, just following mm. up mm. On, on clients that I've uh, previously had conversations y- yes. or engaged with. Yeah, I learned a lot last week from Yes. It's a great conversation in terms of networking. You know, mm. we always think that networking is just giving someone a card and exactly. walk away with the hope that they will call you back. Exactly. You should follow up. And I also took that into practice because there are some people that I have interviewed on air yeah. and that I've touched base with, um, like in terms of, um, you know, WhatsApp and we talk and now and, now and then. Mm-hmm. But I met two of them uh, at, at events this weekend and I realized that I didn't do much of the follow up. As much as I thought I was following up by sending messages, go WhatsApp and we're chatting and and they would talk like we're like no i saw your new song is out or i saw what you're doing congratulations keep it up ne? Mm-hmm. so and we chat some of them um would really chat a lot about the work and everything but they didn't put the face to the name because i'm always changing photo profiles and stuff like that yeah. so i realized when we we're interacting over the weekend that this person though doesn't we talk a know. lot doesn't really know though they pretended they know but i could sense which in nam and law i get called up you know so when i got home i sent a message i'm like it was great seeing you it's like yeah man it was so great to see you too and she was a bit disturbed because i had this and this to do but um it was great to see you yeah. and i realized that following up is not enough just sending a message as well you send a message to start there yeah. but you also need to get to a space of physically following up yeah. because that's where they really see the you and they are able to associate the you with the product. And that was an important lesson for me. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Dorazo, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much. How are you? We are fantastic in studio and we're just still unpacking last week's uh, conversation and how the lessons, because our word of the day last week was practice and we wanted to go out and really practice some of the lessons that we uh, unpacked during our conversation and they really yielded positive results and awakening within ourselves. Um, now we're back. We're doing it again this week, and we're going to continue the conversation. But before we get into that, any reflections that you on your side? Um, well, I think for me, the thing is like what you guys spoke about, that practice, mm. you know, um, because one thing I noticed after I did have the, the conversation last week, I went out. And I started practicing some of the things that even I was lacking on. Mm. So I really do like the fact that sometimes you have to keep going back and o- over and over and revisiting a topic and make sure that it's fresh so that you can go out and actually do the things you're supposed to do. So one of the things I like about the book is that it's seven practical things that you can do that are always going to work as long as you keep on doing them. So I'm really grateful for that. And I believe because of the show as well, I've got some interest in people wanting to, you know, buy more copies of the book. So I'm Mm. excited and happy about that. 
No, definitely people are interested in the book. And I think one of the things that I wanted to also unpack, I mean, I love the fact that you're saying you as well, as the person that wrote these things down and you jotted them, somewhere along the lines, you had to go back and revisit that. Because we find a lot of us, when we're starting our businesses and we're creating constitution and the vision and stuff like that, we are so hungry to, to put it out there and we're going to, the first few weeks or few years, we are really living by the book. But as soon as we've done it and it's out there, we start to forget the principles that got us to where we are. And that's why being able to get back and really revisit it. How important is that? Because a lot of business people you find which now, when they look at their current problems, it's not because of current issues that are happening but it's because of the things that they've lost along the way. Mm. No, that's so true. And for me, that is why I, you know, one of the things I say even in the book that, you know, even I should have, you know, probably um, applied better is that there are certain things that you do as a business person that must be integrated within your business activities and then others that you do peripherally. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes we get that mixed up. You know, there's certain things we want to just do what the business is. Um, but then the things like networking and the things like, you know, upskilling yourself and the things like learning, you know, what's new in your industry. We, we leave those things, you know, at the peripherals and we, we do them sometimes or when we feel like it or when there's a high. And that's really a problem because if we do that, then we're going to end up missing out on really anything that's with something is something that is applied consistently. So mm. I would definitely advise even with networking for people to actually integrate it as part of your business activities. If you've got a diary and certain things that you do in, at a certain time, I'd, I'd advise people to you know integrate that into your diary. You know that every day you have to go back and do your follow-up procedures. You have to go back and you know um, contact people in your network, see how you can refer business to them, see how you can help them. And then when you do that, it becomes part of your daily activities. And then you're gone, really, mm. because these principles are so practical and, and, and such that if you, as long as you're applying them, they're working. The only time they're not working is if you're not applying them. How important is a business uh, journal? Because a lot of people don't have diaries. We have diaries for appointments. But we never really journal the journey and journal the processes and we have a space where we're just writing oh i'm going to meet so and so at 12. how important is the journaling and in terms of having a business journal and what sh does a business journal or what should a business journal look like if it's going to be effective in the long run oh it's a fantastic question there um i mean i would say it's very important and the reason for that is that when you're a small business owner, or even if you're a CEO of a big company, you're managing so many things in your mind. And there was a study that was conducted that says a person can only retain three ideas at a time. Um, well, if, if, if you don't write them down and you're keeping them in your mind, um, as soon as the fourth one comes in, the first one is gone. And you lose out on so many of the ideas or so many of the things that you were supposed to do. So a business journal becomes important where Whenever you do have an idea or something, a new process or something that is important to your business journey, you have to write it down uh, and, and revisit it because you're managing so many things at once, you're doing so many things at once that you are going to forget some of the things that are important. 
So business journal then becomes important for you to jot down the important things that you have to do, the important things that you have to review, the important things that you have to go back and, and, and study and research on, and then just give yourself time, maybe 15 minutes at the end of the day, to go back and review all of those things, and you pick out some of the ones that actually stood out, and, you, you know, you keep going like that. Because this journey is a new journey, you know. Mm. So if you don't um, jot it down properly, you might miss out on some of the... The, the special things that can open gates for you. I agree with the one of ideas. You know, I've had such brilliant ideas. Sometimes you are thinking of something and you're like, yeah, I'm going to process this. And then another one comes. And then at the end of the day, you're like, there's this one that I forgot and I want to remember so bad, but it's too late. I really love the idea of writing down as ideas as they come because now you've made the notes and also writing them as detailed as possible. Because sometimes you say, uh, you just write red T-shirt and you think, I'm going to remember it's going to trigger me. I'm also feeling in. You don't know because now you're studying, but what about the red t-shirt? What was I trying to say? And it's gone because you didn't write as detailed as possible at that given moment. Yeah, perfect. That is it. It's so important. And people underestimate it, like, but it's one of the greatest tools to have. Mm. Jot down your ideas. Brilliance comes out of you. Just make sure that it's written down somewhere and you you revisit it on purpose. And I think that's why even in school, a lot of us uh, did as well as we did, but not as best as we could. Because we write that those notes like that. You write with, you know, Mangiti, jumping check, I'll remember what it means. You know, and it, you, you don't. You, we need to learn as people from as early as just writing the notes. Even my church journal, some of my church journals, you find what I've written, uh, the pastor read from this book and read this and was speaking out. But I didn't get into the details of why that I was writing that particular scripture and why is it significant. So my friend, in verse, look chapter seven, Maragakulumi. Let's get into uh, some of the things. Last week, we touched on understanding what networking is, developing a business network from scratch. And um, we want to get, I think we, we touched a little bit as well in um, mastering, no, we didn't get into mastering business networking and as uh, events. So that's what we're going to be unpacking today. But I felt before we get into there, because that's your chapter three in your book, I felt we did cover elements of how to acquire uh, customers through your network, which was your principle mm. number four last week as well. How do you turn these networks into customers? So I want to just rewind back to number three, mastering business networking events. Let's get into that. And maybe we'll couple it again with the number four uh, part of the book, which is speaking to um, turning those uh, customers, uh, how to acquire uh, customers through your network. So when we're saying mastering business ev networking events, what are we talking about? Yeah, and you know, it, it, you reminded me of what you said last week, which I felt like it's so brilliant that... Um, networking event is not necessarily you know those organized events it could be a wedding mm. it could be after church it could be you know um even at a funeral but anywhere where you've got like-minded individuals or people who you might who you see a potential to form business relationships that would take your business to the next level that would qualify as a networking event um so you I mean but obviously there, there are those Former ones, you know, where they like um, organize a networking event and people come together. And there's many different kinds that people can find out there. I mean, you can go into Google and check out which one is there uh, nearest to your area. 
there's monthly ones, there's ones that are actually you have to join the networking chapter and it's weekly. There's even speed networking events, which is a new concept and I love it. But basically, when you're talking about mastering business networking events, firstly, we highlight the struggles that people have normally in a business networking event. And I can tell you about 95, if not 99% of people struggle with the same things when it comes to a business networking event. So in the book, I go into what these struggles are and, you know, how to overcome them. And lastly, what you need to, you know, the, the certain keys that you, you, you need to have in mind when you're going into that networking event in order for you to get the most out of it. Mm. And now let's go to customers through uh, networking and also making money from that network. Because last week, as you said, we touched on the fact that we need to start being intentional about our church gatherings. We, as men, when we are having a men's gathering or when we're having a women's gathering, that there is things that you can do there. As a women's gathering, you could maybe sell them uh, cooking utensils, you could sell them Tupperware, you could sell them all of those things because you are already in that space. As a woman, you could sell them perfumes. And even with men, today men are in corporate, they want to wear suits, they want to wear cufflinks, they want to look good when they are there, they want to smell good. So that could be an opportunity for clients. So how do we turn this network into a clientele? And then clients that are going to bring in revenue. Because sometimes we have a client who says, yeah, or you give them the substance because you're like, ah, Sonta Song. And you give them your book, you give them your 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 t-shirts, you give them whatever you're selling. And man just ansabulisan no mamuskosana because you she's not paid. <laughs> you know. So yeah. How do we yeah, how do we navigate those two? All right. So I mean one of the things that I love, you know, um that that is said out there is that there's actually research on this that people are more likely to buy products when they were referred to them by someone who they know mm. um so when you think about that and you're thinking about it in the context of networking you can actually create something quite special there there's a section in my book where it's called the people that i know so basically on the one side I, I highlight on, on both sides, there's, there's two approaches. The one side, there's three people that I know. Um, and on the other side, there's also three people that I know. On the one side, the three people that I know, I want to sell my product to them, right? And um, let's say they're all my customers, right? Uh, or they all could be my customers and I sell to them. That means I've sold to three people, right? I've made three sales. And on the other side, Instead of selling to these three people, what if I actually recruited these people into my network? And each of these three people all know um, maybe two people, you know, and that and those two people actually might want my product and they actually refer those people to my product. I actually have now made six, uh, I mean, I've sold the product to six different people. And that's the difference really between um, selling and networking. When when you're selling, you know it's you're being not seen. Um, it's the short game, you know. Uh, yes, you might make the sale, but you're not going to make as many sales as you could. But on the networking side, if you gain these people into your network, if you're valuable to them, they understand your product, they love your product, and they actually now go out and start referring people to your product. Then you you've got the chance to make a whole lot more sales, and that's really the power of networking. And I encourage people to not always try to make sales, but rather try and gain network partners who are going to go out there and actually now start selling on your behalf. 
And of course, mm. if that person has a business, you're going to have to be able to do the same for them. Mm. You know, I always love it when I see someone in a WhatsApp status and they are advertising a product that's not there. You mm. know, that means, you know, that whoever is actually selling the product, I'm now their network member that is referring the people I know to buy from them. And that's so powerful because, like I said at first, people usually buy when they're referred to by someone that they trust. And, and, and that's really the, the, the strategy of how to gain customers through your network. You first recruit people into your network. You become valuable to them until they want to sell your product on your behalf or tell people to buy your product. And then from there, they go out and they tell people to buy your product, and then you start making more sales. Now, from there, you can do one of two things. Either you can now start adding more people. Instead of three people, now you've got six people who are doing the same thing for you, and I call it increasing your leverage in width or you can increase your leverage in terms of debt. And what that means is you go to those six customers and instead of just selling to them and saying bye-bye, you try and recruit them as well, you know, by treating them well, treating them as VIP customers and asking them if they know someone else who might want the product. And then they refer someone to you. And then, Angelo, Angelo, you keep following that procedure and that's how you're going to keep increasing, I mean, um, acquiring people through your network. You know, I love what you're saying because it also brings us to a, a space of employment because every time when we think about employment, we're thinking about people that are going to work for us and that we're going to have to pay. But when you're speaking about this space of networking and building relationship, you kind of are answering the conversation of having staff members that you don't pay because you have a solid relationship and them just by advertising already, you've got people that are advertising for you without you having to pay for advertising. When they say mm. spreading word of mouth they are spreading the message of the product when they're referring those are departments in your company that you would have to spend on you'd have to spend on marketing you'd have to spend on person doing follow-ups you have to but when you are giving such a service to people that you know and that's where many of us as entrepreneurs fall because you would bake a great cake for Ntogozo because it's a person you don't know. But when Usipo calls you and you know Usipo, you just bake a cake, no matter my ingredients. Because mm. you think, ah, Usipo was said that way, so so understand. But you are preventing now an opportunity because now Sipo was a event, but they can't recommend your bakery because mm. they're gonna say they don't know you can do better or not. So they're gonna be like, I don't wanna be embarrassed. Whereas if you your attitude to Usipo, you saw them as somebody who's employ you are employing, who's working as a billboard for you, you would do the maximum service for them. And as a result, when they speak about you, they recommend you now to their bosses and to other people. So I really think that's an interesting one. Yeah, that's so powerful. I love that. I mean, you've touched on so many things that I've mentioned in the book as well. And that's really the point and the power of building such a network. And I love what you touched on there, that your product has to be uh, top quality as well, because word of mouth, first of all, we know there's nothing, no marketing or advertising more powerful than word of mouth. But there's nothing even more powerful than someone saying, EKK Legacy People is so good, you must buy it. Mm. So people now trust me because I've now added an endorsement onto your product. Mm. And, you know, I mean, people, are, people know, people are not, people are smart. Sometimes they'll know which other person they ask them to advertise with advertising. Mm. But if it comes to the personal touch that I use this, I, I, I use this product or I bought this cake and it's so good and I recommend that you buy it, all of a sudden you're opening the minds of the people within your network and that, then that's a powerful referral that you're giving to that person. 
So people need to make sure that their products are always top quality so that when people want to refer you, it becomes that much easier for them to do that. I mean, that's what's being uh, speaking as well on the influencer culture. And maybe the question that you put Mose had last week about um, entering into how do we get to maximize um, our audiences and our network and maybe even networking and doing follow-ups in the age of, um, you know, where everything is, digita- is digitalized. You know, everything is a techno-driven. You're having Zoom meetings. You're having all of that. It is the age of influencers, you know, where they can post and say, okay, it's my kid's birthday and I'm, I bought the cake from Mdoz. It was so good. In fact, I'm going to recommend it for my cousin's baby shower. Now that makes people want to have the cake purely because DJ Zinkler said your cake was good. So that's that culture of influencer. How do we maximize networking in the era of technology? Absolutely love that because the era of social media has actually brought huge potential when it comes to networking. Actually, Rosa, let me hold you there because it's, it's half past. Let's just t- uh, take a, a song. Then when we come back, let's unfold that. I, I, I lost track of time because it is an exciting conversation. 067-153-1089. If you want to, cho- if you are tuning in and you want, you have any questions that you want to unpack or maybe even want to share your testimony like we were sharing in studio about what happened last week and how that has uh, elevated us or improved us or inspired us to do business business better you can share that on our whatsapp line 067-153-1089 here is Utobegi saying Keshuri on the other side of this conversation I mean of the song we're going to be giving those or the opportunity to really answer how we can t- maximize um, the time of technology That is a Keshuri Usis Tobegile. Well, Umam Tobegile, Studla Sasete Winigele, Sisiti, Sipuma Ekeshur. I really love the song. It's a, I love the house, like the, the, the tent mixed with, like, yeah. even the music video. Modernized. She didn't, yeah. Yes, it's yeah. very modernized. Yeah. She's wearing yeah. Itelela dress. She's walking around the new town vibe. Yeah. She really went out to not be attending and do it like that. You have you know? to move with the times. I yeah. love that. I love that for her. Yeah. Anyway, 067 Zero eight nine uh, ten minutes. Uh, well, twenty fifteen minutes was the top of the hour, but uh, we're going to be wrapping up the conversation in about ten minutes with Dogozo. We're gonna try to maximize and get as much as possible in terms of networking. Dogozo, before we went on a break, we brought in the conversation that lingered from last week, yeah. which was how do we network in this modern day and take advantage, especially of technology and social media and all of that. Awesome. So yeah, um, I think as I was mentioning that social media has brought in um, a new level of opportunity when it comes to networking, but it doesn't change the fact that work still needs to be done. You know, um, there's a chapter where I'm, I speak about putting the work in networking um, mm. because there, there's a work part of it, you know, there, there's a, a, an investment part of it when it comes to your time and your efforts that you have to put in for it to, to succeed. And that's the same thing um, that applies online. 
Um, of course, when you're looking at uh, building networks online, one of the best tools as a business person or even as a career person would be LinkedIn. But I've seen people making the mistake on LinkedIn, the thing that they make in business networking events, and that is they just send out as many connections as possible. They're happy that it's written there, 500-plus connections, so that nobody knows how many you really have. And then that's it. They think business is just going to come. But it's ex that's the exact same problem that uh, or mistake, rather, that people make in business networking events. You have to apply the same logic or the same principles of a networking event when you're connecting to people on whether even if it's LinkedIn, um, you know, of course, the, the powerful thing about LinkedIn is that you actually go out and you choose the person that you want to be connected with and sort of like you're choosing the content that you're going to see. But also, it has to be the same. You, you have to start off with a plan, you know, a networking plan, which details what are the kinds of people that you need to meet, what can I offer these people, and what can these people offer to me. So that is the basics. You have to start with that. So when you go out and you start to connect with people on LinkedIn, have these things in mind. Because if you go out there and you connect with the CEO of what, what, and you can't offer any value to them, that will be the last time they speak to you. And it's useless. It goes back to like a useless business card. You know, and then the second thing and the second mistake that people make um, even online, especially on LinkedIn, I'm sure if you're on LinkedIn, you know that there's always 10 people a day who are trying to sell to you. Yes. You know, they they hi, I offer what what services. I, I mean, I'm not going to reply to that. I don't even know who you are. Just because you're connected on LinkedIn does not mean I know who you are. So even on LinkedIn, you have to do the proper procedure, which is now that you've connected with this person, you ask maybe for their email. You send them a message introducing yourself. You tell them what you do. You ask for their email address. On their email address, maybe, you, or, or even on, on the message board, you ask what they do. You tell them that you're interested in what they do. You form a business relationship. And only once that business relationship is formed beyond LinkedIn, that's when maybe that person can be part of your network. Maybe they can start buying from you, or maybe they can refer their network to start buying from you or posting your product onto their LinkedIn. But once you, you get to that point, then it becomes powerful, but you still have to make sure that you put in all this work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is the same also when you look at, you know, your Facebooks, where also you go and you connect with someone intentionally. Um, it becomes, of course, a bit different when you consider, you know, uh, Places like uh, Instagram where, you know, you follow someone and they might not follow your tag. So the dynamics there are different. But if I would recommend still LinkedIn um, and Facebook when it comes to trying to make business connections. But even when you do it there, make sure that you're following up these procedures. Make sure that you're forming business relationships because mm. the same thing applies online as in the physical. If it's not a relationship, it's not going to go very far and it's not going to transform translate into anything for your business i love that and i think also understanding the different mediums so if you're going to be on um, instagram for your business and you are selling a makota instagram page you're going to show us the pictures of your business you're going to show us your quarters you're going to show us your customers eating you're going to show us the smiles that's the language and you're going to give us tag short things like the best quarter in the land of the living or ask a question where were you when we were doing this and leave a question mark because it's a space that is visual but packaging that for twitter i mean for facebook you know that you've got an audience that wants to read a little bit so in facebook and maybe even on linkedin your conversations will be a bit deeper to say we have a secret source into our quarters and you get the best russians that are locally outsourced and whatever now that platform you can give a little bit more story because their audiences they are into that story and then when we're looking at twitter you will probably 
post a short video of something that relates to your food more than you would um, a full-on conversation because people just want something that trends. So maybe your Twitter page can even be like your, your Nando's page where you find conversations and you enter. You know, you have a way of speaking that people know mm. it's it's um, reflecting your language. I find that the one thing that a lot of us do wrong in business and it's something that I learned recently is that we do the same, and I d- I've done that for the longest of time, where you look at my Facebook, it's exactly as my Instagram, exactly identical as my, um, you know, YouTube and everything else. So I'm thinking, no, I want consistency, but I'm not aware that I'm speaking to different audiences. So we need to look at how we package mm. ourselves within those spaces so that we can then be able to maximize. And also people are traumatized by the, f- the opening of high Ndorozo on the social media platform because somebody, <laughs> it's followed by, do you want, bit, do you have Bitcoin? Or followed by, <laughs> you know, all of these things. So maybe... Also putting your your identity, company identity, and how you open your opening lines are, it's critical. You know, if you want to be number one Kasi franchise, then say, do you know the number one Kasi franchise? Hope you're having a good day because we want to plug you. Now you get into the conversation. All of a sudden, the person is interested in reading what you are saying as opposed to hi. Because immediately I say hi from a person I don't know, I'm already not interested. Hmm. Sure. I love that. That is absolutely powerful and so, so important to actually recognize the differences uh, between the social media platforms and how to use them. Um, And one thing I do, I will say, um, I would use personally a a platform like TikTok to gain a a, a following of people who are interested in things that I have to say or things that I have to share or things that I'm able to do. Mm. And then you use that because right now TikTok is probably the, the, the fastest way for you to gain a new community. And then from there, you use that influence to actually now drive them onto your Facebook for a sort of conversation or to drive them onto your Instagram to see the beautiful things that you're doing or drive them onto your LinkedIn to mm. start having those business connections. Mm. So that is how I would also advise people to go about it. And also, if you're growing a platform like TikTok, this is something that I'm also learning because I've made an error in that space as well, is where I was always just posting the videos of me singing. So you go to my TikTok, you're going to see a lot of my singing or my book or whatever I'm doing in terms of the business. I thought that was enough, but it's not. You have to try to put that with the challenges that are happening. So if they've got a certain challenge, do the challenge behind your banner. So your business banner is there, but you are doing the challenge in the front. Now you are putting the idea of product placement into the space, but you're not speaking about the placement, the product. You're speaking about the language that the people are, pa- are partnering on. Everybody's doing Mlando Challenge. I'm part of Mlando Challenge, but I've got my logo. I've got my T-shirt for my company. I'm putting in those ideas in that space. Whilst doing that, then people are also going to flock in because now people who are following the challenge might bump into your video and then mm. go into your other videos because sometimes you just get tempted to just do the thing that you are selling you are always just there and people feel that energy and they're like Mm-mm, lawyers foster man as Whereas mm. if you are like, no, 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 then from there, but then they feel like you are part of their community selling to them instead of an outsider trying to make them buy. Sure, absolutely beautiful. I love that. And I feel like it's 100% spot on. Let's wrap it up with yeah, making your network work for you. This is the final um, part of uh, your book, principle number seven. Um, because I want us to really conclude this conversation today. How do we make the network work for us 
We spoke about how we can get the clients. We spoke about how we can make the money in that space. But how do we make it work for us? And when we're speaking about the you, which you is more important in the space of networking? Uh, I mean, when you're talking about which you, um, it's whoever it is that is offering value. You know, um, whether it's you or your business, that is the you we're talking about there. Mm. And that chapter really is dedicated to something where um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show how in the long run, the work that you put in now in your network, you're not going to be putting in as much work, yet you're going to be yielding more results. Okay. So when you're starting off, of course, you're making sure you're connecting with these people, you're making sure you're being valuable to these people, you're making sure that they know that your product is good quality um, so that they go out and they refer people to you. And the more people that you gain, you ask them to refer to you. And then just like that, your network is growing. But it will come at a time where you've now been assimilated into that person's daily life or assimilated mm. into that business's daily life where they now use you every day, where they now know that when they need this product, they, they refer to you. And you'll get to a point where even if you're not putting as much work to maintain that relationship, that relationship is already, you know, it keeps on going. It's like any other relationship. At first, you know, when you and a, a woman or a woman and a man come together, you put in that work. But over time, you know, you get into, you know, almost like an automation. So over time, you'll get into an automation where people will already associate your product with a certain value and, and, and certain values, and therefore they'll always refer it. There's people on social media right now whose products are being forwarded by thousands of people they've never even spoken to. And that is what I'm talking about, that over time, your product will start getting referred to by more and more and more people without you working directly for it. But it all depends on whether you do the work in the beginning. And it's good that, that leverage effect will keep on going for years to come if you do the first part right. I love that. I love that. We're going to wrap it up there. We are out of time. It is uh, uh, 45, well, 15 minutes towards the top of the hour. It has been a great one. Any businesses you want to unplug, I mean, you want to um, promote today? Um, yeah, there's just this awesome magazine um, that just got released earlier. It's a business magazine for SMEs. It's called Financium. So you can just go to financium.com forward slash magazine if you're looking for it. But there were some nice topics and some nice offers for SMEs that could be great for them. That is great. That is great. You know what? The topic that I want to unpack, I know we've got something different for next week, but if possible, we need to check out as well, is... We speak. We know that big, large corporates have got um, community service or charity obligation that they need to do, and that kind of also helps build their brand. Because when you know, Wuti, this shoe or these products were promoted or brought to you by McDonald's, they've got their logos there and all of that, and that kind of continues to communicate the brand to the people, even though they are coming in in disguise of coming in to help. So I want to maybe in a conversation. I don't know if it's going to be a full conversation or not, but unpack what can small business do back to serving communities? Because a lot of times small businesses is growing their network just for them to benefit, get more clients, become bigger, become better. But we never really unpack what is the benefit that the small business uh, is contributing and how can they be part of the solutions within the space of social services in their community. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. I feel like if we go into that, we'll get into some great secrets. 
Yeah, let's look into that and let's unpack it in weeks to come. Thank you so much and let's uh, meet again next week, same time, same place. Awesome. Thank you so much. And as always, I wish all the best to you and the listeners. That is Ndozo Satwayo. Do catch the latest episode of Business Forecast on YouTube. Business Forecast. You're listening to Hope Alive, your number one online Christian radio station.